episode number eight, Coach DiBernardo here. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Today, what I'm going to talk to you about is my observations on environment, culture, and behavior. And I'm going to take you through a little timeline through my, you know, my experience as a really young coach, a really young educator, my first jobs and the environments I was in and the environments, honestly, I wasn't prepared for and I didn't understand. So, you know, I'll take you back to my first teaching job. I had done student teaching at this in this um, city in Connecticut and made a decent impression, I think. So they called me back. They had a um, an opening for a phys ed slash security guard. So I was, you know, I was a young guy and I was like, OK, let, let, let me look into this. So I went down and I got the job and the school was basically for about 25 to 30 kids who were deemed not fit to be in the public school system. So this was like a special school. So we had, it was actually makeshift. They put it into a boys club and they just made a school for 25, 30 kids in this boys club. So half of my day I would spend as a security guard, basically not stopping people from coming into the school. I'd be... I would be breaking up fights during the day and removing kids from classes and and all these types of things. It was a, a very, very stressful job. And I was also the phys ed teacher, and that was another very stressful job. It wasn't the type of job that you can go in and just run a class. Um, and I had no skill set. So when I said no skill set, my skill set was this. I'm the boss. I'm the teacher. If I want you to listen, I'm going to tell you. And if you don't listen, I'm going to raise my voice. And if I have to really raise my voice, now you know you're in trouble. And and that worked absolutely 0%. It, it was a disaster for me. So, you know, you're talking about a school where, again, I, I was thrown down a flight of stairs, punched in the chest, kicked in the back. You name it. There's kids running, you know, climbing through the ceiling and the air conditioner vents throughout the school. It was, you know, old school back in the day. It, it, it was rough. So then after school, it, you know, there was an opportunity to, to do a little extra work. So I said, sure, I'll do a little extra work. So from that place, I would go and do one on one tutoring in the in the kid's house. But these were the kids who were expelled from the entire public school system. And it didn't take me long to figure out that the home environments were uncomfortable at best for me. And if it was uncomfortable at best for me, in some places I couldn't go back. I just couldn't go back. Imagine how uncomfortable it is to be raised in a place like that. And, you know, it was hard. It was hard. There was kids you would go to tutor and maybe they would go to the bathroom and come back reeking of alcohol and because that was their way of managing um, the stresses at home. They couldn't even sit with me for 30 minutes, you know, without having a drink. So obviously some of those places I had to excuse myself from. Um... It, not easy, right? After that, I I worked in a place in Bridgeport, Connecticut, which was another really difficult place to work. 
I've never seen so much violence and fights. If you could hold on to my leg during gym class, you were safe. If not, three, four fights at a time. Kids were locked out of classrooms who would run the hallway. So I couldn't send anybody up to get the security guard who was asleep most of the time. And because <laughs> the kids would get beat up in the hallway. There was times where the principal would get me and have me restrain kids and in a padded room. And it was just crazy. It was insane. So I listen. And after that, I've been in really like high schools where, you know, they call them sir schools at risk schools where, where they're just very difficult. Police are coming in riots, gangs, weapons, assaults, Again, I, I, you know, for me, my personal assaults were, were pretty high. I've been assaulted many, many times. Um, and, and what you learn really from, from being in these environments is how big, how big an environment has an influence on you. First, it starts from the environment at home, right? The home is massive. If there's no real person in somebody's life with a moral compass, somebody to guide you, to talk to you, to love you, to have compassion, to show tolerance, to to teach you these things, then the second question is where are you learning that from? Who are you hanging out with? Where what's going on? And that and that's that's unfortunately that most, you know, 90% of the kids were from a single parent household or no parent household, right? Over 90%. When you had parent teacher conferences, maybe you're lucky to get 5% of, of somebody to show up. Maybe, maybe you're lucky. And the, the cultures, because it, once you're in that environment, it, it takes over. And a lot of the decisions and the behaviors are just a reflection of those environments that were created. And the only thing for me that I picked up that worked to kind of save me a little bit was I understood that the only way that you're going to be listened to and respected a bit is if you yourself went a little bit above and beyond did you notice that somebody was wearing the same clothes every day? Did you bring in clothes of your own to give to some of the kids? Maybe the word gets out that you're not a bad guy, that you're giving out clothes to kids. Did you bring in a blow-up mattress because you heard somebody needed one? Do you spend time after school? Did you, you know, giving tutoring for anybody who needs it, who wanted to come? Or did you just let the kids sit in your room and just you know, let them hang out and have a safe place. Who knows? But the bottom line is that it was your time spent. It was your ability to say hello to somebody who was having a bad day and, and, and just be there with a simple hello. You know, I hope you have a great class today or you did really well. That, that's all it needs, right? Sometimes that's all it needs. So when I say that's all it needs, like little things really can mean a lot in some of these environments. 
in any environment, to be honest. I'm giving you examples of very difficult places. I've also taught and I've also coached in places that were considered like really healthy, good environments. And things had gone drastically wrong, drastically wrong in those environments. And and you, you, you have to, you know, some of those I, I don't have an explanation for. But overall, I think what, what I would say is culture on a sports team is so powerful. You, the kids want to be there. That's what they're clinging to. Whether it's sports, whether it's music, whether it's a job, whatever it is, if they, if a, if a, if a young person, it could be an old person, can go to a safe place where they're appreciated, where you show them humility, you show them honesty, you show them caring. You, if you do those things, you show them how to be tolerant. You, you, you praise them for, for doing things well, or you praise effort, right? Um, and you just let them know that you're there for them as they try to better themselves, that that's a very powerful culture. But again, I've seen the culture of gangs. I've seen the culture of, of, of being really having no moral compass at home and how dangerous that is. And I, you know, I remember having one of the kids who was in that small school, that small school that I first started working at closed down eventually. And all the kids were sent back to the regular school systems. And I remember having one of the kids in my high school class that I was teaching and the kid was just silent, not a behavior issue anymore, just silent. And I'm saying to myself, that's sad too, because they're just not part of anything. And they could probably go the whole entire year without talking. You have no idea what's in that kid's head. No idea. So as a coach, you know, as a teacher, you do have, you know, the opportunity to create a culture that can get through to that person because you have no idea what they're thinking and, you know, where they're at mentally. So these are things that when I look at coaching, you know, you want to talk about a player's manager. Why would they say, oh, yeah, we want to play for that guy. You want to play for that girl. Why? Because every time you ask about a player's manager, they say they have great relationships. Carlo Ancelotti, great relationships with the players. It doesn't mean soft relationships. It doesn't mean that you can't have discipline. It doesn't mean that you can't be a great teacher. It means that you're humble. It means that you're authentic. It means that you're sincere. It means you have a moral compass. It means the kids understand, the players at Real Madrid, I call them kids, have understand that you have their best interest at heart. This is what culture is all about. You start building those types of cultures, now you're driving behavior because culture drives behavior. Very, very, and and. And don't start screwing up culture because your ego is big and because you want to win. Now you're creating some culture that's based upon your own will, you know, your own, "Ah, I'm the man, I'm the whatever, whatever. And I have this ego and I can't afford to lose. This is about me. This is about winning trophies. 
Yeah, that stuff is nonsense too. So you have to build your culture in a healthy way. And for me, a healthy way is holistic. It's player-centered. It's about, it's about human beings. It's not, it's, it has nothing to do with about winning, you know. So anyways, hope, hopefully you, you, you kind of got something out of environment, culture, and, you know, culture drives behavior. And the, the only reason I told you some of those stories is because I, I, I'm coming from places where there's a complete lack of building a proper culture that, that creates great human beings. I'm coming from a place where the system has created a culture that was very, very difficult and almost was a self-fulfilling prophecy of failure. And, you know, like I said, if there's not proper support from home, even if there is proper support from home, sometimes the other things take over. It's not easy. Life's not easy. These things, I don't have a formula for you. I don't have the answers for you. But what I can say is this. My skill set now is much more than I'm the coach, I'm the teacher, and I'm going to raise my voice and look at you hard if you're not doing what I say. That I I don't even do anymore. (laughs) You know, maybe if I'm pissed at the way the team's playing, but that stuff I don't even do anymore. So anyways, listen, hope you enjoyed the episode. I'll see you at episode nine.